0: Hey everyone and welcome to the Healthy is Hot Podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Wild, TV host by day, sweat pant connoisseur by night, and a health and a life coach always. Come hang out as we have raw, real conversations with badass individuals living passionate lives, thriving to make their dreams come true, and diving deep into how they got to where they are. And the best part? How health is a key component of all of it from the highs to the lows we get into it from fitness to mental health to aspirational careers get ready to be inspired also we don't hold back there might be swearing there's definitely gonna be some laughing and hopefully you can take something away from these conversations to live your best life to live your healthiest hot life love talking food and I especially love talking food with chefs who actually know what they're talking about. So Chef Whitney, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and connect. So I've heard of personal chefs, but I've never heard of health supportive personal chefs, Mm -hmm. which like, I guess I just always assumed that most personal chefs were supporting health, but I kind of love that it's a part of your title and you're like, no, no, no. I am here to feed you deliciousness, but I'm also here to feed you deliciousness that will make you feel your best along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Because what's the
1: point of eating if you don't feel good afterwards? Like we, we eat food for fuel and nourishment and it should lift us up and make us feel good, not drag us down. So I went to a special culinary school that was specifically focused on what they call health supportive cuisine. So it was teaching you, you know, ancestral cooking techniques, um, but also helping you better understand, you know, how people have prepared food in different countries around the world and what really nourishes us and then how you can do that for other people. So although I went there for culinary school, I felt like it was kind of like life finishing school. It was something that I learned that I thought everyone deserves to know. And so I really made that, kind of a part of my mission. Once I left culinary school is to help teach people what I learned during my program.
0: Ooh, like looking back at your program, is there still like one of the items that you learned that you kind of think about on a weekly or even monthly basis still to this day?
1: Absolutely. And it's going to be the most simple one, but it's learning that I needed to wash my quinoa and wash my rice. Now when we buy our rice, rice, it just tells us, you know, put you know, bring one and three quarter cups of water to a boil, add one cup of rice, you know, put the lid on, bring down to a simmer. You got rice. Now rice is supposed to be washed. It's dirty. A lot of people touched it along the way. And specifically the best thing that you can do is soak it. So I always try to soak it overnight. Or if I know I want rice for dinner, you know, before I walk out the door to work, I just throw my rice in a pot, cover it with water. And know I'm going to strain it when I get home, but quinoa, Years before I went to culinary school, I had bought a box of quinoa and I was reading the instructions and it said to wash it in a sieve. And I was like, what is this? Wash, wa- wash, and I have to buy a special instrument to do it. And so I didn't do it. And it wasn't until I went to culinary school that I learned why you did do it. And the importance of it. it doesn't just give you a better quality product, it gives you like a light, fluffy quinoa or a light, fluffy rice, but it literally makes it easier for you to digest it. So you aren't bloated. So you aren't puffy after you eat the grain that you feel good. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why we prepare food a certain way. And, uh, we have certain reactions when we don't. Okay. My mind is blown.
0: I like knew that washing rice was highly suggested, but I had no idea about washing quinoa. And I swear I follow those instructions to a T and sometimes my quinoa is stodgy. It is not light. It is not fluffy. And it might be because it's dirty, dirty quinoa.
1: Well, the fascinating thing with quinoa is, while I was in culinary school, there was a girl in my program who had just gotten back from Bolivia. She had spent six months going around South America and traveling. She spent a lot of time in Bolivia, and at the time I was in culinary school, Bolivia was the number one producer of quinoa. Quinoa is native to Bolivia. Since then, California is now the number one producer of Bolivia of quinoa, Um, but at the time, it's really Bolivia. And so I asked her, okay. How are people actually eating this in Bolivia? What's the traditional way to consume this grain? She says she never went to any home or to any restaurant that served a pile of quinoa. It's always something that's added to soups. So I thought that was really interesting because you know when we think about how we feel after we eat food, sometimes I like to figure out how is it traditionally supposed to be served? Because maybe if you follow that line of using it, you will feel better afterwards. Ooh, so are you a fan of quinoa and soup? So I don't really add it to soup, but I like to add it to salads. So I don't make it like the main thing, but I'll substitute it when I'm doing um, a tabbouleh instead of tabbouleh, I use couscous, Um, but I always measure it out. So like a half a cup, I think is more than enough. I think if you're having a big bowl of soup, it'd probably be about a half a cup or a quarter cup that's in there. So it kind of equals out.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I love mixing it in with things. You truly light up when you talk about food. Um, I know you had a whole different career, and I can't wait to get into that. But were you always passionate about food, even, you know, as as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult? Like, where did this passion come from?
1: I've always been into food, but I've always been into healthy food. So I never liked chips and salsa as a kid. And like everyone in Southern California likes chips and salsa. I would just eat the pico de gallo with the spoon. I didn't want the chips. I've just always liked healthy, fresh in season, delicious food. I also have a sweet tooth. So, you know, if you asked me in high school and college, I'd probably say my favorite food was frozen yogurt, uh, but, um, but I just have really always been into it. And I always, you know, was a foodie or was the friend in the group that always knew the best spots for brunch, the best spots for lunch and dinner, what was in, what was out, you know? And I just thought, you know, in my twenties going to work every day in corporate recruitment in downtown LA, I just thought, God, there has to be, there has to be more to life. Like I want to light up on the, during the week, like I do on the weekends when I do all my wellness rituals and I go and get a facial or, you know, go and do a spa day or just learn about health, wellness. And I'm at the library reading these books. And how do I live that every day? And so I just started to think about and look into all those areas. Was it clean beauty? You know, was it food? Was it food products? And just started to figure out, you know, how would I really like to spend my time? What do I really want to dive into and learn
0: more of? Oh, and how did you end up finalizing your decision on food? Because really you could have gone in any of those directions. And as someone who's passionate about health and wellness, maybe you could have been happy, but you ended up going the chef route. I did. So
1: I talked to, you know, different facialists, different people that work for skincare companies. I, you know, I, I did a little, I would say I took many, many years. I would say a solid 10 years trying to figure out what the next path was. And I remember in around 2010, 2011, you're starting to see all these food blogs. And I thought, gosh, I can do that. I look at recipes and I know how to edit them and make them healthy really easily. You know, you see all the canned and processed food swaps that they have in there. I know how to take it back to real ingredients really fast, cut the sugar, all that stuff. So I thought, you know what? I want to start a food blog, but I think someday the time will come where people just don't want to turn to a blog where the person, they may not know what they're doing. The recipe might not work. I want to get the certification behind it. I want to be a real chef for the blog that I create for the food products that create. I want that education behind it. And so I literally just started going online and found the right culinary school for me. And I was still working full-time as an HR manager at a company in Washington, DC. And I thought to myself, this is my dream for next year. It was October, 20, October, 2014. And I thought in 2015, I'm going to find a way to take a sabbatical and go to this health supportive culinary school. And sure enough, I got laid off a few weeks later and literally I, I asked, I asked the universe, they laid me off. And then I applied for culinary school, and you have to get three letters of reference. And so I actually reached out to my boss that just laid me off, the man who who owned and ran the company. And I asked him for a letter of recommendation. He said, absolutely. And he said that he was so jealous that I was in a place in my life where I could put I could pause and change direction. And he tried to, you know, just share with me how. Lucky I was, and to go and soak it up and enjoy every minute of it. And I did. You know, there's nothing, oh, there's nothing like learning something you really want to learn. We've all been to school. We've all sat in classrooms on subject lines that haven't really been our thing. But you know, when you're having like that night where you get into a good book or someone's shared something new with you and you're like, you can't get enough of it. You're searching online. It's the best feeling to like go hard and heavy into something that you're really curious about. And so it really was a blast. I knew I had chosen the right path because it was fun and I really loved
0: it. Oh, and were you as good as you had hoped you would be? You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you've got this big dream and you're like, yeah. I love food, I know the best restaurants. Yeah. I can whip up dinner for friends, but then you go to like a real culinary school and you're like, Oh shit, can I really do this? And it sounds like you did.
1: Yeah. But no, I was that exact way in the moment, in the moment I was, I was so scared to do it wrong. You mm-hmm. know, I remember there was one recipe I had to make a moraine, I had to make a meringue to actually go on top of a fish. It was like it, it was an egg white crust that was going on top of the fish. So thinking of the beautiful salt crusted fish that we get when we're in Italy, it's that, but they do it with egg whites. And I had never whipped egg whites before I've been a big cook, but not a baker. So I've never taken a bunch of egg whites and whipped it. And I don't know what stiff peaks look like, <laughs> you know, we've all read recipes and we don't know exactly how to execute. And I, I didn't know how to execute. And I, the, the, the head chef teaching that class didn't have time to show me how to execute. They're dealing with all these other students. And I remember one of my classmates turning to me and just telling me like, you just have to do it. There's no right way. There's no right way. Just do it. And I, that that moment has changed my life because now every time i'm in a situation and i feel like i'm not sure how to do it how do i make it perfect but i don't know i just you just get it done and if it doesn't come out right the first time there'll always be another um but you definitely you know when you're really into something and you want to show up every day and you want to be great um there are moments where you're constantly asking yourself am i good enough do i know how to do this um it's a great it was just a great kind of experience, just to better understand myself beyond I, food.
0: I'm so blown away. First of all, that student that turned to you and said, "There's no right way." Just. Just go ahead and do it. Just get started. I mean, that's such great advice for life. Like so often in life, we stop ourselves from doing things, whether it's making meringue or applying for that job or asking the universe for like a sign or going on a date or whatever it is. We so often stop ourselves because we don't know how we're going to show up. We don't know if we're going to do it perfect. Our ego gets in the way. And sometimes we just need someone to remind us that like there is no perfect way. Like you just got to show up and try and sometimes Sometimes you might fail and that's okay. And sometimes you might really succeed. And what I learned from that,
1: which also carries me through every day of working as a chef. And then also just in my life is it's just food, you know? you really like can't get upset. Like, let's say you mix the egg whites and you never get that stiff peak. There, there will be more eggs. There will be more egg whites. Like it's just food. Like, <laughs> No one needs to cry. No one needs to get upset. And that's a big philosophy in my kitchens too, just because I understand how the food we eat, how it makes us feel. And so I don't want anyone having to melt down over something. That's just food, you know, Because I know it can affect how someone will ultimately feel when they eat it.
0: Okay. So it sounds like the way you operate in your kitchens is a little bit different than what we see on TV, AKA the bear, which is like chaotic and stressful, and anxiety provoking. So you have a a different vibe in your kitchen
1: chef. Is that what you're telling me? Absolutely. And you know, I haven't been able, I haven't met any chefs that have been able to watch that show every (laughs) Every chef I talk to tells me they turned it on for 15, maybe 20 minutes and they turned it off.
0: That it was,
1: you know, everything that they've experienced that they had to walk away from. Yeah. Um,
0: it's probably no. triggering. It's probably like trigger, like I believe chefs, anyone I know who's been a chef, like it's not all sunshine and roses. It takes a long time like to get in the field, to get recognized, to get respect, to make a name for yourself. And sometimes not all kitchens are very supportive. So I can only imagine yeah. how triggering that show must be. Cause as someone who is not a chef, I watch that and I'm like, why would you ever want to be a chef? This does not seem like a nice work environment. Absolutely.
1: So I think many chefs now that own their own businesses or have gone a different, different direction in the culinary space, they turn it on for a moment and they see that's (laughs) exactly what I walked away from. Um, And it makes you, but it makes you so grateful that you, you know, it makes me so grateful that I've been able to cultivate a different type of kitchen and a different type of culinary career. And I envy, I envy the bear and those type of kitchen spaces because you really learn so much. You know, we all know, you learn by repetition. And so if you have a job in a restaurant and you have to do that same job five days in a row, five days a week, and you learn how to get really good at it because you're doing it over and over and over again, that I really admire. And I love the tips and tricks that you learn when you're in a kitchen, but I get to cultivate like a very supportive, peaceful space. Like Just before we got on this podcast, I staged myself and I set an intention for like how I wanted to feel and the experience that I wanted to have with you and the experience that the audience that I want them to have during this conversation, I do the same thing in the kitchen. You know, I staged myself beforehand because I really want to make sure I'm infusing, you know, not just love, but really like the, the energy that we all want to feel, you know, after a meal, I want to like light people up so they can go out and live their life and be joyful and feel good. You know, the way you feel after your grandma or your mom or your dad, or like a family member cooks for you. And it's just so good. You know, that's the energy that I want to give to my clients. And so I have prep myself in a way so I can do that. So that can transfer unconsciously because, you know, At the end of the day, when you're in the kitchen, you got to get the job done. But if I set the intention, then my subconscious can, and my body can, can move that forward for me while I focus on executing the actual job.
0: Oh, yeah, you are setting yourself up for success in such a big way. I have to ask then if you saved yourself before going to the kitchen or before doing a podcast like this, by the way, whatever your intention was, I am feeling the vibes. <laughs> what are some other wellness practices that are important to you so that you show up as the best version of yourself, whether it's to record an interview or to be a personal chef for someone or in your kitchen, you know, starseed kitchen?
1: Yeah. So there's a few things that I do throughout my week, um, that, I mean, no matter what happens, I sprinkled these in throughout my week and I don't think I'd be where I am today. If I didn't have these modalities supporting me, um, one of them's oil pulling. I do that like just twice a week. Um, but I oil pull at least twice a week in the morning. And that just gets everything that's not feeling right in your mouth out and, you know, it's supporting everything else. And then also just continues to make your teeth nice and yeah. curly white, like without any toxins. It's just great. Um, I meditate at least a few days a week, not every day, but I'm really into right now. Um, have you heard of to be magnetic? No, excuse me as I take notes. Yeah. So I use the guided meditations on the app to be magnetic TBM by Lacey Phillips. You know, I've been meditating for a really long time and it's what helped me get the clarity that culinary school was the direction for me. Um, and so I've always that meditation, but it evolves, you know, what the type of meditation that I did back in 2014 is not what I need now. Like what I need now is I need someone to guide me through an intentional meditation. I have to listen to something for 20 minutes or else it's probably not going to happen. So I tune into, to be magnetic, at least about every other day. Um, exercise is huge for me, even though my job is so physically demanding, At minimum, I get a 30 minute walk every day or 30 minutes on my yoga mat, just doing a restorative yoga class. And for the walk, I don't take anything with me. I just like let my mind clear and I try to walk somewhere where I'm going to see nature. So I live in Laguna beach. I could go to the beach, but if it's not convenient for me and I don't have the time, I at least try to walk in a neighborhood where I'm going to see as many plants as possible, just to like use that as my opportunity to ground and get a little more chill. And then some more fun things that I do every week. I have a foot ion detox machine. Have you heard of those? Uh, Is this like a foot bath? Yeah. You put your feet in the bath and you add a little bit of salt and you put this little machine in and it helps pull, helps pull excess lymphatic fluid and toxins and heavy metals out through the pores of your feet. Mm. I do that once a week. I love it. I've been doing it for years. It has really helped amp up my energy levels. There was a time I was just really burnt out, wiped out. I had gotten diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome and this machine really helped me completely turn around. So I do it at least once a week. And I find, oh, just after you do it, you have a pep in your step because it's, it's definitely, you can see the lymph coming out, but it takes It takes more than just that. And then I'm really into these patches that help your body rejuvenate your own stem cells. And the company's called LifeWave. It's based in San Diego and it uses phototherapy. And so I put... I use three different patches every day, two during the day, one at night while I sleep. Um, And one helps rejuvenate my stem cells naturally using phototherapy. Another one helps reduce inflammation. And then I use one at night for skin and, you know, beauty rejuvenation, because we (laughs) always want that. But the, the other ones really help me since my life is so physical and I'm using my hands a lot. I don't, I don't want to look like a chef. I just want to be a chef. Um, so I add these little modalities in throughout my, my week and my days, just so I can say youthful and light and happy and feel good in my body. So I can continue to serve and do the things that I love.
0: I love getting to chat with people from the West Coast because West Coast Californians are typically so down with all the health and wellness, like regiments and fun new toys that are on the market. And like, you've not disappointed. Also, I would never guess you like our chef, I would think like surfer chick, like, you know, like uh, easy breezy. And also I just want to say thank you for like not only taking us through some of your wellness practices, but also like being really honest that you don't do all of them every single day. There are yeah. your non-coachables, of course, but the other things are sprinkled in maybe once a week or a few times a week. And I think that's so refreshing to hear because I think sometimes when people want to step up their health and wellness routines, they really believe like it has to be all or nothing. And that unfortunately sets us up for failure because life is busy. Life is chaotic. Sometimes things happen. And to, to set us ourselves up for success is so important. So A couple times a week, easy breezy, put it in the calendar. If it doesn't work today, move it to tomorrow. And then your non-negotiables, of course, we have to show up for those no matter what. So I just want to say like, thank you for being honest about that. Because sometimes I get people like saying stuff every day and I'm like, yeah, I really want to be supportive right now. But like, I also really want to call bullshit. But like, yeah. So thank you. Well, Because who has the time? I'll tell you what
1: I do every day, no matter what, every day, no matter what, I brush my teeth. I wash my face. I take a shower, might not wash my hair, but I take a shower and I drink filtered water. I'll usually have some of my Jasmine green tea because I'm obsessed. It's, um, my Jasmine green tea is dragon herbs is my absolute favorite loose leaf Jasmine green tea. If you guys are green tea drinkers and then, um, my life wave patches are every day. And the only other kind of wellness thing I do every day, no matter what, is I have six affirmations that I've recorded and they're on my phone. So no matter what, every day when I'm driving to work, driving to the gas station, driving to grocery store. I will play those affirmations. And if I'm not in the car at all on a day, I just make sure that I say them in my head. And they're just six affirmations that have to do with things that I want to create in my life. And mm. I make sure to say them every day. So they are my life.
0: Oh, well, I don't want to know all of them because that's like looking into your soul, but can you share one of them with us? That's like, getting you very excited.
1: Let's see. So I ha- I, I have them memorized in an order. <laughs> so. I, Whitney, am settled in my safe, beautiful dream home. I deserve my dream home.
0: Oh, yes, you do, Chef Whitney. You deserve your dream home and it's going to happen. I can tell it's just right around the corner. And I usually say homes as in plural. Oh, okay. Uh, Yes. Excuse me. Homes. No, no, no. I said that one as home, but then
1: I'm like, no, we always have to say it plural. You know, we have to make sure we have our home and our vacation house. Like, we need to get it done. (laughs) And then the last one I always say is I, Whitney, because you always have to say your name with your affirmation. And so I, Whitney, am perfectly and vibrantly healthy in every part of my mind, body, heart, soul, and being. Just reaffirming that I feel good, I'm healthy. I'm great. There's nothing that needs to be fixed. Like I already resonate health, wellness. And I have to say, after I started doing those affirmations, I, it, it, it really does help you feel the way you want to feel. I would say when I created those affirmations, I did it with an affirmation coach and we probably did it a year over a year ago. And at the time I was struggling with some like digestive stuff again, just like, you know, being bloated when you eat something you eat all the time, or just, you know, just having stomach aches and not understanding why. And so I started to do the, that health affirmation again, every day, just reminding myself that there's nothing that needs to be fixed. I'm already healthy. There's nothing we need to change. And all that's happened is I've lost weight and I feel better. haven't changed. I haven't changed anything in my diet or my lifestyle. I've just said that affirmation over and over again and everything's just kind of fallen back into place with ease.
0: Powerful, powerful. I mean, you are living a high vibrational life. So I want to talk about high vibration and low vibration foods. Yeah. what Are they, why should we care? And what are like your top recos?
1: Perfect. So food is just energy, right? So we can get energy in lots of different ways. We can stand in the sun. You know, we can play with our friends. We can have, you know, connection with nature. We can do yoga. We can do breath work. All those create prana or life force energy that fill us up. So we all know when we're kids and we have like a great day at the beach or the great day at the park, and we are having so much fun we run over to our mom and dad less to get food. We don't need as much food. Like we've even all experienced this, I think like in high school and college when we're just having a blast and you end up not needing to eat as much food, you don't need to fill up on energy. And so now that we understand that food is just a transfer of energy, we get to pick and choose how we wanna feel. And food should be fun. Like it should be joyful. We should be able to have experiences with food and it still makes us feel good but we also just need to understand it's a transfer of energy that we're getting so when we are control in control of making our meals you know when we are eating at home which i truly believe the healthiest meal you can eat is the one you make at home and that's because you get to choose all the ingredients and your energy is going into your food you can control you know the transfer that's happening with your intention and so that's it's it's understanding that you know there isn't good food and bad food there's just food that carries a high energy and there's food that carries a low energy and choose wisely, you know, you can choose really good quality chocolate chip chips. So you can go to the grocery store because you're baking something, making chocolate chip cookies. And there's so many different chocolate chip options nowadays. Now you want to turn them over and you want to look at the ingredients and you want to find ones that are made with like good cacao. And if you're going to use cane sugar ones, make sure it's organic cane sugar, you know, just make sure there's no soy lecithin or any additives to keep it shelf stable longer, you know, choose the best quality that's available at your store, or that is using quality ingredients, you know, so that would be a low vibration versus a high vibration food. So the lowest vibration would be the ones that, you know, list 15 ingredients, which aren't needed in chocolate chip, you know, chocolate chips. So it's it's identifying things like that. Like when you go to the butter aisle, right? lots of different butter options. So we're trying to find butter that's maybe from from one source or that's raw. You know, or from, you know, cows that we know always ate grass. All those type of things will decide if it's a high vibration or a low vibration food because it's full of more life force energy and more real ingredients than the processed food.
0: Oh, yeah, I love the I love the tip of like looking at how many ingredients are included in something because it really sounds like you could take pretty much any food item and it will be on a spectrum of high vibration to low vibration. So we get to show up and make those choices and be active participants in what we consume. It's not just, you know, what's available. Like we get to be a, part of the process, which I think is so great. Um, Something that you, I know you're passionate about is also like how you show up in the kitchen. Like you've even talked about it yourself, like going into a kitchen or going into a situation with an intention. How important is like our attitude in the kitchen when it comes to our relationship with food and the way we consume nutrition?
1: I think it's huge because we all know we've all had those days where we come home from work and we're super stressed out and it was a bad day and we're starving and we go to make our go-to meal and it comes out awful. You're in a rush to put it together. And then you sit down and eat it and it has no flavor. You burnt a little bit of it. It's just not the same as the other 50 million times that you have made this meal. Like what went wrong? And I don't think it was just because you were rushing, but I think, you know, when we're so irritated and angry and frustrated, whether we consciously think about it or not, that is going into our food. Just like when we walk into a room and we're lit up and we're happy and we're excited to be there, everyone will turn around and notice you and want to hang out with you versus when you walk into a room with a bad attitude, no one is going to come near you. And so we, that energy field around us is happening in the kitchen with our food and it's going into it. And I think it's just important for people to know this, you know, you don't have to think about the energy and food and high and low vibration foods as a diet or, you know, diet culture or something to be fearful of or overanalyze but know that it's happening so you can set an intention so you can show up and prepare food with a good attitude you know and if you're not in that state of mind then maybe you need to go for a walk around the block maybe you need to go turn on some chill music maybe you need to go lay down on your yoga mat or do a meditation or figure out a way to chill out first before you go into the kitchen. Don't let it out on your food, you know, let it out at the gym. But um, food is nourishment, food is energy, you know? So why do we, you know, you don't want to throw down the steak. (laughs) It's not going to make it taste any better.
0: I I think that's so great. Like I'm trying to think, I've definitely been in the kitchen and not been in a great mood. And I I think you're right. Like, I don't think I enjoyed whatever I made, I don't think it tasted as good because I wasn't, it's like, I wasn't present either. I was just in a grumpy mood and it's okay to be in a grumpy mood that happens in life. But like you said, if we can like have a little bit more self-awareness and realize that how we show up in the kitchen is actually going to show up in our food. And then is going to show up in our energy levels afterwards. Like if we can make that full circle connection, we might feel a little bit differently. Next time we walk into a kitchen, feeling a little bit grumpy, and we might use one of the tools that you suggested. So I think that's such a unique unique kind of vantage point and is very tangible. Like I can come up with examples of my own life when I've been a little grumpy in the kitchen. And then I also make poor food choices for myself as well. Um, I could talk to you about so much, but I would love to end on a a word that you keep using throughout this chat. And Mm -hmm. it's clear that it's like part of your philosophy as a chef. And that's about how food makes you feel. And I think that's so beautiful and like such a romantic way to talk about food because so much of health and wellness is about food and it's like about the calories or it's about how does it fit into your, you know, your current lifestyle plan. And so often we forget to really check in with ourselves and ask ourselves, how did we feel before the meal? And how did we feel after the meal? Mm -hmm. And not necessarily just in regards to your digestion, but like emotionally, how do you feel? Like, why is that so important to you? And well, it's so important to me because I think
1: every woman goes through a time in their life where they can't figure out what to eat because there's so much noise out there telling you what's good, what's bad, what's going to make you skinny, what's going to make you fat, what's going to make you healthy, what's going to make you unhealthy. Um, There's so much going on in every woman's head that there can come a time where it's just hard to sit down and eat and we have to eat. You know, we have to be nourished. You know, there, there really isn't an alternative for most of us. Most of us aren't going to go off and be successful breatharians. So I just don't want anyone to suffer. You know, I've tried everything. I did every diet. You know, I was vegan before vegan was in like back in LA in the early 2000s. And when I was vegan, I was thinking, oh, if I could just be raw, if I could just be raw. <laughs> my life would be perfect. I would be skinny and I'd be happy. Oh, if I could just afford to eat at that macrobiotic restaurant that Gwyneth Paltrow goes to every week, oh, I'd be healthy. I'd be happy. I'd be skinny. And there's nothing out there that's going to help you have all those things. You already have it all within you and the food that you eat Three meals a day, or however often you eat, should nourish you and light you up and make you feel good and help you connect to this physical body. Because we really only have a short time to be here and live this life and have this experience in this body. You might never have this one again. And so I want everyone to be able to connect with it, have fun in it, feel good, and then go out and experience everything that they want to experience because. We are only in these bodies at these ages for such a short time. So why are we wasting it in our heads, over-analyzing our food when we just can start to tap in and figure out, okay, what makes us feel good and eat that and not over-analyze brown rice versus white rice, which one's healthier, just eat the rice and make it it first and make it properly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just wash your rice and make it properly. And then if it's brown or white, it doesn't matter. Just prepare it properly, you know, go to the store and don't worry about which fruit to get because of which one's healthier or which fruit is keto or which one just buy fruit. That's in season Buy the food that feels good. When you pick it up, you know, that resonates for you. Gosh, I don't know this I don't, this peach doesn't feel right. I'm going to go in and grab another peach and another and another until you find the one that feels right. You know, that's the way most of us shop for fruit and trust your instinct that you're being called. God, I'm really craving mangoes today. Oh no, I can't eat mangoes because so-and-so told me that mangoes aren't good for me. So if we just start to trust our instincts and start to figure out what makes us feel good, everything will start to balance out in our life. Ooh, it's like
0: with me. Oh my gosh. It's you're that, it's like the foundation, you know? I'm so happy you got laid off. I'm so happy you became a chef. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. This has been like a very different food conversation, and it's been so enlightening. I've been taking notes, so thank you for your time. I really appreciate you. it. You anytime, Chloe. All right, go be a chef. Oh, that was. Fun. And just like that, another episode of the Healthy is Hot podcast. Once again, I am your host with clearly no filters the wild. And if you enjoyed this conversation, feel free to subscribe so you never miss out because that sucks. Feel free to rate and leave us a comment. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Healthy Is Hot. And my friends, remember, Healthy is fucking beautiful. I'll see you next week.